Your podcast is a powerful tool that serves your audience and your business. But how do you manage it all, bring in new listeners, and convert those listeners into customers? That's what this show is all about. Welcome to Podcasting for Educators. I'm Sarah Whitaker, classroom teacher turned podcast manager, and I'm here to help you get the most out of your show, all while making an impact on other educators. Hello, and welcome back to Podcasting for Educators. Last week, I talked all about what to do if you notice that your downloads are kind of dropping or you're not really seeing much growth during the back-to-school season. And kind of staying on this topic of growth, we're going to dive a little bit more into that today. At one point or another, most podcasters face a time when they kind of feel like they've hit a wall. Your downloads maybe have been a little stagnant for a while, maybe they've increased a tiny bit, or maybe they've even gone down a little bit. So what do you do if this is happening to you, not only during the back-to-school season, but any time throughout the year? There are lots of strategies for podcast growth, but first let's look at some really important things that you may not be doing that you should be doing if you want to see long-term consistent growth. I'm going to share five mistakes that you may be making that will hold you back from growing your show. You know that I like to get right to the point, so let's go ahead and dive in. Mistake number one is that you aren't being consistent. Now, there's more than one piece to this idea of being consistent. Number one being that maybe you don't have a consistent release schedule for your episodes. A lot of people always wonder how often they should release episodes. Some people do bi-weekly, and that's okay if that's all that your schedule allows. But if you can do weekly episodes, I would definitely aim for that. It's all about staying top of mind for people and putting out this type of long-form content through your podcast every single week is a really good way to do that. So right now, if you're kind of aiming to do weekly episodes, but you're kind of skipping a week here and there, or maybe you're releasing on Tuesdays one week and Fridays the next week, I would really try and find a consistent schedule. And we're going to talk about in just a minute why consistency is so important. The other piece of consistency is aiming for a consistent length for your episodes. People like to know what to expect when they listen to their favorite podcasts because it helps them understand how much time they need to carve out for whatever they're doing. Like if somebody usually walks their dog for 15 minutes in the morning, they may not start an hour-long podcast because then they're going to have to break it up. And some people do do that sometimes, but Typically, those little spurts of activities throughout your day, if you can get through a quick episode, people always love to do that. And often they'll save those longer episodes for things like car rides. Now, there are some exceptions to this because a lot of people like myself have a mix of solo episodes and guest episodes. My solos are going to be shorter, and my guest episodes are going to be a little bit longer. And that's okay, because at least people can anticipate that. If they see that you have a guest episode, okay, this is going to be longer than usual. The other exception, of course, is if you release multiple episodes in a week, maybe one of them, I see a lot of people doing this right now, they'll do a regular length episode, maybe 25, 30 minutes, and then they'll release a mini-sode 
on another day during the week that's maybe a 10-minute, like, really quick tip kind of episode. But the point here is that the types of episodes are consistent and the length of those episodes are consistent. Now, why is consistency so, so important? It really gives you, as the podcaster, a chance to maintain a particular method and schedule that works for you. You need to try and create some sort of routine or it's going to become a rat race to try and keep up with your episodes. So if you can get that routine down, have a method that works for you where you can anticipate about how long it takes for you to outline your episodes and about how long it takes for you to record your episodes, then you can get yourself on some sort of schedule or at least know what to expect in terms of the time investment that it's going to be for you to get these episodes prepared. And then the really important piece is that when you're releasing your podcast episodes consistently, it is allowing you to become a part of someone's routine. Podcasts are very much routine-based. If you start to get really loosey-goosey with your schedule, it definitely can affect your listenership. Think about your own routine. I know for myself, there's certain podcasts that I always check in and listen to First, when I'm out walking my dog every morning and when I'm getting ready for the day or when I'm running errands, I have my go-to shows. If that podcast that I always listen to on my walk doesn't release an episode on Thursdays like they usually do, am I going to just walk in silence? Maybe that might be good for me, but no, I'm not. I'm going to go find another show. I mostly, especially, you know, during the week, I listen to business types. Actually, who am I kidding? I listen to them on the weekends as well. Really, the only time I listen to other types of podcasts is if I'm on a road trip. That's when I do like my true crime, more narrative type of podcast. But usually I'm listening to business type of podcasts. So if my regular favorite show doesn't release that episode on Thursdays, like I said before, I'm going to go and I'm going to search for another show that fits the bill of what I'm hoping to learn. And if I like that show a lot or maybe even better than what I usually listen to, I might switch. Your slot in someone's podcast library is precious, precious real estate, and it's replaceable. I hate to say that, but if you are just not consistent in your release schedule, then you're not going to be top of mind and people are going to find somebody else that they can learn from. And as podcasters, we really want to continue to show up for our listeners because that's how we build our listenership over time. Because if we have people who really trust us and who really love listening to our episodes, then they are going to be a lot more likely to go and refer our show to other people. All right, moving on to mistake number two. Mistake number two is that you might have too broad of an audience and covering too broad of topics, okay? I feel like the term, the riches are in the niches, and I just said niches because it rhymes with riches, but usually I say niche, but we're going to go with niche for this scenario because it rhymes. (laughs) But that term is so overused, or at least it might feel overused. You probably hear it all the time, but there's a reason that it sticks around, and that's because it is true. Think about your ideal audience and then think about your episodes. 
do they align? If your ICA were to stumble upon your podcast for the first time and they were to scroll through your list of episodes, would they feel like 80 to 90% or more of your episodes are on topics that they would want to listen to and that they would feel would serve them in some way? Now, I do want to acknowledge that this can get tricky sometimes. I don't think that niching down is as black and white as a lot of people make it out to be. For example, take my podcast. Yes, I have a niched audience in that I'm speaking specifically to educator podcasters. However, within that niche, you all are at very different places in your podcasting journey. Some of you who are listening are just starting to toy around with the idea of beginning a podcast. Some of you are just getting started. Others of you have launched a few months ago. And some of you maybe have had your show for one, two, three, or more years by now. So obviously your needs are slightly different. So how I manage that is that the large majority of my episodes are targeted towards those of you who already have a show. I have my series of episodes that I did in the very beginning of this podcast where I walked you through details about launching. I also have my free launch guide and I have my online course, the Podcasting for Educators Prep School. Those are the resources that you can go to for support with getting your show started. This podcast is where you can come to get strategies for things like content planning, setting up systems, keeping up with your show, growth strategies, marketing your show, setting goals, all of that good stuff. That's where I try to focus most of my episodes in order to stay consistent. And because once you get your show started, these episodes are going to be helpful for you at some point, whether you're in the beginning or you are in the more established stages of your show. And I might sprinkle in some like, why should you start a podcast or how to get started episodes now and again, but those will definitely be the minority. I would be doing a disservice to myself and to you if I started doing episodes that are unrelated to podcasting, like my three favorite entrepreneur books right now, or an episode once a month about balancing motherhood and entrepreneurship. Yes, maybe some of those topics would still be interesting to you and maybe they would still hit those pain points or struggles that you're facing right now, but it it wouldn't be for my whole audience and that's not what you are coming to this show for. I always get really frustrated as a podcast listener when I'm listening to a podcast about, you know, whatever it is, some sort of business podcast that specializes in something and then I see that their latest episode is like something unrelated to that topic. And I'm like, I this is not what I came here for. Now, if you're a teacher covering strategies on how to teach specific content, pre-K to five teachers is too broad of an audience, okay? Because if you're talking about like science curriculum and you're marketing your podcast for K to five teachers... A kindergarten teacher is not going to be teaching the same things that fifth grade teachers are. Now, it's okay to have a few different grade levels in there because we all know that you're going to have a variety of learners in your classroom. A fifth grade teacher is going to have kids who are reading at a quote-unquote third grade reading level. So 
that's fine, but narrow it down to like K to two or three to five. However, if your podcast is more like mindset and inspirational focus, then it's probably totally fine to have a little bit of a wider range of audience like K to 12 teachers or homeschool parents. So again, just always think about your ideal listener. Would they want to listen every single week to every single episode? If not, don't go and delete all of your episodes or feel like you have to start all over, but think about how you can tweak your content for the future to target a more specific audience because you're going to be able to meet their needs in a much better way and dive into certain topics in a much more thorough way if you are zoned in on a specific person. That's why, I mean, there's tons of podcasts out there similar to mine that talk about podcasting strategies, but hopefully you have come to my show because I am speaking specifically to educators because the trends that educator podcasters see are a lot different than other podcasters in other niches, and your resources that you sell are different. So my goal is that by being more focused in who I'm speaking to, I'm able to help you in a more effective way. All right, podcasters, you know how many details come with producing just a single episode and using the right tools is the key to creating high quality episodes in the most efficient way possible. One of my absolute favorite tools I use is Zencaster. I have tried so many different platforms for recording my guest interviews, and Zencaster is the one I've stuck with for so many reasons. It always gives me the highest quality audio because there is nothing worse than recording an episode that you can't use because of bad quality. It's so easy for you and your guests, even the not-so-tech-savvy ones. All they have to do is click a link, and we start recording. Boom. Done. Plus, the video is crystal clear so you can repurpose your solo and your guest episodes on social media and on YouTube. Oh, and it gives you a transcript of your episodes. You can go to Zencaster.com slash pricing and use my code EDUCATORS. You'll get 30% off your first three months of Zencaster Professional. I want you to have the same easy experiences I do for all of my podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story. So go to Zencaster.com slash pricing. That's Z-E-N-C-A-S-T-R dot com slash pricing and use my code EDUCATORS for 30% off. That's educators, all lowercase letters. The link will also be in the show notes. All right, moving on to mistake number three. This is a big one. Mistake number three is that you're not promoting your episodes consistently or enough. If you didn't post it on Instagram, did it even happen? But seriously, it's not enough to just record your content. You need to then promote it. It's kind of like when you're trying to be really good about eating healthy foods and you stay on track all day. You've got your sliced fruit and veggies that you prepped on Sunday and you are just rocking it all day. But then you put your kids to bed and those late night munchies kick in and it's just That time of day is what's stopping you from actually hitting your goals. 
It's the same thing with promotion. It's one thing to stay on track with releasing your episodes, and that is awesome, and that's fantastic, and that's a huge piece of the puzzle. But if you're not then going and talking about your episodes, that is going to stunt your growth. We had our first monthly training last month for the students in my online course, the Podcasting for Educators Prep School, and the topic was on this idea of promotion and on nailing down a promotion plan for your episodes. And in this training, I talked about how we first need to remember why we promote in the first place. It's to not only bring in new listeners, but also to remind our current subscribers of our new content. Because ideally, yes, we will have a lot of listeners who will never, ever miss an episode, regardless of if we put reminders out there. But other people, they do need those reminders. Also, just like Instagram has an algorithm, the listening apps for podcasting also have an algorithm. And for a lot of platforms like Spotify and Apple, if you drive traffic, meaning listens of your episodes and new subscribers to your show, within 72 hours of an episode releasing, you are essentially going to be rewarded by these platforms. And it will increase your chances of being found within the podcasting players. So it's almost like you get a little SEO boost from these platforms when you've got a big number of of listeners or of new followers to a specific episode. If you're signed up with a website called Chartable, this is when you'll often see that a specific episode has actually charted on Apple Podcasts, it's because uh, there's been a big push for that episode and because it's seen a lot of traffic. Okay, so let's talk about promoting your episodes really quickly. You might feel like you are promoting your episodes, but what does that look like? Does Are you just mentioning each episode one time when it's released, or are you talking about it multiple times? My recommendation is to aim for at least three to five new pieces of marketing assets or content, whatever term you want to use, every time a new episode goes live. So I'm just going to list off some possibilities here for how you could promote an episode. You could have a static image on your Instagram. I would limit these Obviously, we know that things like carousel and video do much better on Instagram now, but there's still a place for static images. The thing that we want to get away from with static images is using the same exact template week after week after week, and all you're you're doing is replacing the title and the episode number. We want to switch things up so that people don't get bored with these images and they don't just, you know, expect them and just kind of like scroll past them. So what are some other pieces of content beyond static images? You can create an Instagram carousel, an Instagram reel using a trending audio or an original audio from you, TikTok video. You could do an Instagram live where you jump on for just a few minutes and talk about some of the content that you covered in your episode, getting on your Instagram stories, doing a face-to-face video, 15, 30 seconds, doesn't have to be anything long. One of the things that I absolutely recommend that you are doing is putting out a weekly newsletter where you share about your podcast episode in an engaging way. Posting in Facebook groups is another great place that you can be promoting your episodes and your podcast as a whole. 
So I want you to think about in the upcoming weeks, how can you really amp up your promotion plan for your episodes? I've actually experimented with this a little bit over the summer. I got super busy. I always forget how busy summer is for me work-wise. And I kind of was not doing a very good job promoting my episodes. And in the past couple of weeks, I've tried to really get back into it and put more of an effort. And I can see the difference that it makes when I am promoting an episode multiple times throughout the week in the days following its release. I see a direct correlation between when I'm not good at promoting and when I am better at promoting. So I want you to notice these things with your podcast as well and think about how you can do a better job with your promotion. Because, I mean, we could talk about so many different platforms, but take, for example, Instagram. If all you're doing is putting out one post about your episode, we know that the majority of our followers aren't even going to see that post. So it needs to be talked about multiple times and in multiple places. And this doesn't have to be hard because it's the same piece of content. It's the same big ideas and little ideas. It's just being distributed in different places. But you've already got the content there. So don't make it a lot more difficult than it needs to be. Mistake number four is that you are not considering SEO when you're creating and producing your episodes. A solid SEO strategy is one of the best ways to organically grow your business, and the same is true with your podcast. A lot of people have difficulty boosting their SEO because they don't have enough long-form content, but that is not the case for you, my friend, because when you have a podcast, that is not a problem. You have those long-form pieces of content when you create your episodes. Now, when you're thinking of SEO, I want you to think of two different places. I want you to think of your website, where your show notes go, and then you've also got SEO on the actual listening apps like Apple Podcasts and Spotify. First, let's briefly talk about show notes. Now, I do have a few episodes that I've done that go deep into show notes. Episodes 51 and 52 are some recent episodes. So if you haven't listened to those, definitely go check them out. But Show notes are so important. Number one, because when you've got show notes and you're driving people to go check out the show notes, you are going to increase the traffic that's going to your website. And regular and consistent traffic to your website, it signals search engines like Google that you are a trusted content creator in your niche. And this will overall and over time improve your website's search rank. And that's what we all want. We want to be the person that shows up in a Google search when people are asking a question. So when you're writing your show notes, you want to be thinking about keywords just like you do when you're writing a blog post. And then a lot of people might not realize this, but now, thanks to the ever-evolving technology that we have, There is actually, like in Google, there is audio content indexing. So they are actually picking up on words through audio, and that is being factored into SEO and into your searchability online. So that means that you can not only consider keywords in your written show notes, but also think about making sure that you are including these keywords when you're actually talking in your episodes. And then there is, like I mentioned a minute ago, there's also the listening apps like Apple, Spotify, Amazon, music, all that. 
they have their own form of SEO. Now, I did a really thorough episode. It was episode 24, all about SEO within the listening apps. It might not seem like the most exciting topic, but I'm telling you there is some serious gold in that episode. Highly recommend that you take a listen if you haven't already, because I give you recommendations in there and just a few really small, quick, easy tweaks can make a really big impact on your searchability within these podcasting apps. Specifically, you want to be thinking about your show name, your episode titles, and the author field within your podcast host. So like I said, go check out episode 24 for more about that. All right. Last but not least, mistake number five is something that I feel very strongly about and something that I think all of us can constantly be improving in. And that is that you're not taking advantage of visibility opportunities. If you haven't heard me talk about the importance of increasing your visibility, then I'm just going to get up on my soapbox for a moment. (laughs) And if you have heard me talk about it, here is a little refresher for you. The fastest way to organically grow your podcast is to put yourself in front of new audiences that are full of your ideal listeners. Full stop. There's lots of ways to do this, but my favorite way to do this is through podcast guesting. Because when you guest on other shows, you're getting yourself in front of people who are already podcast listeners. It really breaks down the barriers that usually exist when you try to get people to convert to listeners from other places. For example, if you run Facebook ads, your ads could be getting to people who don't even listen to podcasts or they don't even know anything about podcasts. And that's going to take a lot more to get them to actually become a listener. Now, quick shameless plug, if you want to learn more about how to be a great podcast guest, you can check out my mini course, Guesting for Educators, at podcastingforeducators.com slash guesting. It's only $47. You can get through it in a weekend, and it's going to walk you step by step and show you exactly how the whole guesting thing works, why it's so amazing, how to do it effectively. So go check it out. Guessing on other shows is my top, top way to grow your podcast audience. And by the way, going back to what we talked about before about having strong SEO, a really effective way to boost your SEO is obtaining as many backlinks as possible. And if you aren't familiar with this term backlinks, it's essentially just a link from another website that leads to yours. And the more backlinks that you have, the more, again, the more authoritative your site is going to be considered in the eyes of these search engines. So guesting on podcasts is a really great way to get these backlinks because when you guest on a show, the podcast host will then likely include your links on their show notes page. Now, there are other visibility opportunities beyond podcast guesting, like virtual summits, being a guest expert in someone's Facebook group, Instagram lives on someone else's account, doing a guest blog post, doing a promotional swap in newsletters with somebody else in your niche, lots of ways to become visible. But if you're not doing anything to increase your visibility and actually be the one who's putting yourself in front of new audiences, highly recommend that you make that a priority in the months to come. There you have it. Five mistakes that you may be making that will hold you back from podcast growth. To recap, those five mistakes are 
Number one, not being consistent with your podcast episode release schedule and episode length. Mistake number two, you have too broad of an audience and too broad of topics. Number three, you are not promoting consistently or enough. Number four, you're not considering SEO when you create your episodes. And number five, you're not taking advantage of visibility opportunities. The big thing about all of these five ideas is that when you do them, they will lead to organic, long-lasting results, and they will grow your show over time. If this episode was helpful for you and it gave you some good ideas, I would love for you to write a review for this show. It's a really easy, quick way to show your support for this podcast and to show me that you're listening. If you take a couple of minutes out of your day today to write a review on Apple Podcasts, I am super grateful for you and I cannot wait to read it. That's all for today and I'll catch you here next week. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. To keep this conversation going, connect with me on Instagram at Podcasting for Educators. I'm always looking for an excuse to talk about podcasting. If you're looking for support in launching, managing, or growing your podcast, check out my online course, the Podcasting for Educators Prep School at podcastingforeducators.com slash prep school. I'll see you here next time.